Hey there, folks, world walkers and ever folk alike. Welcome to World Talkers, an Evermore fan cast. Are you ready for a fantastical journey beyond the portal of Evermore? Fortune tellers and barkeeps beware, for here there be dragons. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to World Talkers, an unofficial Evermore fan cast. We are very excited to have you here today as we will be discussing the conclusionary events of the Mythos Portal and the Mythos Season at Evermore Park. Um, we will be briefly going over a, a summary of that as well. But first, to get into that, uh, I'd like to introduce everyone here with me. And I didn't know if I said my name. This is Skylar. So hi. Hey, Skylar. Hello. Uh, I am Daniel one of the beautiful voices you get to listen to on this podcast. I'm excited to be with you to share with you the dream that is Mythos. Uh, yeah. Um, my name is Wyatt, and I'm also a voice on this podcast. But instead of telling you how excited i'd like to show you so if you could close your minds and imagine me close, close minds close, close our close minds. Your minds close your minds i meant eyes but you guys just totally jumped on me and i realized that we can't go back <laughs> how about we go to the next person we have to roast you hi my name is chandler hi chandler <laughs> hello <laughs> how's it going i'm so glad to be here uh, i am also a voice that you get to listen to a a tour guide if you will as well uh, well, along with the other guys, so glad to be here. I'm I'm excited to really jump just right into this this mythos story because there was so much that happened, and I'm sure those of you that haven't been able to make it back to the park for mythos or haven't been able to make it to the park at all are probably quite interested in how the story turned out. It, this story is so large that we had to do two two podcast episodes, um, which is unique in that. Both Lore and Aurora kind of summed up nicely. Well, I guess Lore, actually, now Lore that we did split it up, yeah. yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but there's so much here. And um, just as a caveat here, these are still, there are still some storylines that we have never gotten a resolution to and may actually be going into uh, this Lore 2019. So just as you're listening, be aware of that. And. Uh, we'll go ahead and get started. So I guess to start it off, um, let's kind of go over with a quick summary of events that happened in our Mythos Story So Far episode. First and foremost, the Mythos Portal opened. This was a new world that we had seen some characters from, but this was a new world that was very much a part of the regular cycle of the portals. Something interesting that happened is that some of the people that came through the Mythos portal was the fairies of Mythos, and subsequently they discovered and learned that the Fae King, Kadaren, was infected with a darkness, and they didn't feel super, super good about that, so there was a bit of a rift between the fairies. And then fairly early on in the season, we got um, some news, some information um, that there was a wolf in sheep's clothing, as it were. Um, somebody who was putting on a front. And so one of the big parts of the Mythos season was trying to weed out who could be that wolf in sheep's clothing. And everyone was suspect. It was pretty fun. 
I think one of the things for me that was really important in Mythos was the mayoral election that happened. You had lots of characters and uh, people step up that wanted to take this position of power. So it made it even more interesting to the fact that there was a wolf in sheep's clothing and that someone wanted to become mayor, right? And someone wanted to take that position. And because of that wolf in sheep's clothing and also the the mayoral election, it was really difficult to to know who to trust. And because there were things going on all the time with creepy people, with people that we, we didn't know who was doing these things. For example, the, the barn fire, uh, Lady Violet's barn was caught on fire and we didn't know why or who did it. Um, also amongst that, with the Violet's barn on fire, there was also some smuggling involved. There was things being smuggled in and out of the barn and things being hidden there that are potentially dangerous or or more shady as well in regards to that. Another point that happened that uh, we mentioned again in, in, our, in our mythos story so far was uh, Dimitri, the body in which Giardani is housed in. Giardani's spirit was housed in the body of Dimitri, who was a vampire. Dimitri began to take over the body. Vampire. Vampire. I apologize. Thank you. There's important, a important there's, distinction. There's a distinction. And it's important. For all you vampire lorists because, out there. Because Dimitri feeds on energy, mm-hmm. not, not blood necessarily. Um, and then the final thing that we mentioned in our last episode was the burglary that happened at Professor Beaumont's home. And the items stolen within were uh, crucial items per- pertaining to blood magic and to nefarious purposes and deeds. So that was an interesting development that was taking place at the time that we recorded. But now that the story's over, we have a lot more juicy bits to tell you about. Yeah, I would say, like, before we get into some of, like, the next points that we have to cover, I would just say, for me, one of the interesting themes um, that we got to see regularly throughout Mythos was this idea of things being hidden in plain sight, that Dimitri was always there, just subdued, that the things that we're going to discuss about the uh, faking, about Kaderin, that things were... Things were there the entire time, just subdued. That there was this wolf in sheep's clothing. That we, like there was so much hidden in plain sight uh, that we were able to just kind of delve into and explore in that way. So the the veneer of Evermore of this like pristine place, we kind of got to peel that back a little bit. Look at the dirty underbelly in Mythos. So what was like the first thing that happened post? burglary like what was what was a pretty important thing that happened in the story i think one of the most important things in regards to that is that gudrin had gone missing uh when we learned about the burglary we also learned that gudrin had taken a sabbatical of sorts perhaps just up and left no one quite knew where she had gone and what she was up to Um, And so that became kind of interesting as well, because one of the things that happened is Ozymandias searched Gudrun's home to see, hey, I I need to know if she's missing. People are reporting her. No one knows where she went. Um, And they found a a box that had housed some gold uh, that belonged to Edgar Beaumont. And that box actually had Professor Edgar Lucius Beaumont's initials on it. Uh, So we knew it was from him and... Uh, so that was kind of suspect. Why was his possession 
at Gudrun's home. And why was she missing? My guess is that Gudrun fled to Norway. Why? For midsummer celebrations with the fam. Got to get back with the Gudrun fam. We, 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 we've heard some things about her parents. We don't know about her cousins or her friends back there. Maybe she just want to go back there and hang out, eat some capers. So what, so what you are saying is that Ozymandias and the other townsfolk just suspected that it was nefarious, but you're saying that it was just a, a good trip. That, the, that is my guess. My experiences with Gudrun thus far have been totally banal. She seems like a uh, laid-back type of a person, not one to get uh, involved with uh, deeply dark and suspicious activities over the course of this season. Who knows what's changed? But uh, my guess, she was just chilling up there in the fjords. And as, as we are going to get into in this episode, you will realize that you are wrong <gasps> and that Gudrun actually was up to something. She was not in the fjords. <laughs> what could she have possibly been doing? <laughs> not, not necessarily in this moment um, of going. She really did go to Norway to meet with some of uh, Professor Wickham's original assistants, but she has been involved in some nefarious things. So we will see and get to that later on. I think uh, some of the other interesting points to get into here uh, was that, of course, the mayoral election was still taking place. Um, There was people being knocked out of this, um, not quite staying uh, in the race, and and they were slowly whittling it down. But amongst all this as well, there was another interesting thing that ended up happening. Uh, There was a dragon head that came and was mounted upon the tavern's wall, which I think, as you can suspect, the dragon trainers were none too happy about to hear. Basically, they they got upset. um, Visibly upset. I, I remember many people that were there quite literally thought that Kada and Ina were, Kada was physically ill upon seeing this mounted beast as the as their treasured creature um and Ina was just silent speechless there was there was no word there were no words and actually Aiden and actually Aiden got very mad at the elven rangers who may have had a piece into it or may have had a part of it and also uh, Seftis who it originally came from um like OOC though, that dragon head is legit. Is it is the coolest cool. thing in the tavern. It is huge. It's like as it's it's bigger than my wingspan. It's huge. It's ginormous, and it's and it's mounted like a like my dad's elk at our cabin. It, it's it's rather intimidating, and I've actually meant, mentioned this before back during our magic campfire review. The dragon heads inside of Drakenhaven were just impressive and this one was uh a different one than we've seen at least that i remember and it was just as big like it was it was huge if it was on the ground i imagine it would be almost as tall as i am and i'm i'm six feet tall so it's a big honking dennis or dragon thing it's a big lizard it's big sweet uh, and so I guess, I guess along with that, I know that, uh, dragon eggs were stolen 
Kata was arrested and freed by Ina. Is that is that was that was she getting back at people because of that? Is that what she did? So yes, so Septus had also purchased some dragon eggs as well. And so um I, I don't remember who specifically stole the dragon eggs, but it was Ina. Ina stole uh, the, Ina stole I, the eggs. Ina stole the eggs. She has a background of thievery and uh, being Subterfuge. living on the streets, and she used that quite, quite strategically to steal those eggs uh, without anyone knowing that it was her. Yeah, except for that, they did know it was her because she oh, got arrested. Right. Well, Kata got, 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 got arrested right. because, if I'm not mistaken, she actually. Knowing that Ina took the eggs, Kada actually said, hey, I did it. She took the, the blame and, and therefore the the she was the, and therefore she was the one that was arrested and put in the, the stockades. Lesson from Mythos. Go to prison for your siblings. Cover up for their crimes. Go to prison for their crimes. And then use <laughs> your, your siblings' talents to be freed. Uh, Ina actually broke her out of her chains and her stock in the stockade. So uh, use those talents. Everyone, use the talents that you have and free your siblings from prison. Watch the series Prison Break. Ah, there you go. It, there's, a, there, there's a connection here. Uh, it's, essentially, Prison Break stole the idea from... Kata and Ina's uh, story. Right, because Evermore happened in the past. Yes. And, and Prison Break did not come out like 10 years ago. <laughs> that is a moot point. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, it's interesting because there are these things with, there's a lot of stuff going on with the dragons. Um, Sila Joss, who was a, who was this large earth, dragon deep dragon deep dragon um he was seen in the mausoleum and now there are more dragon eggs that they were hoping weren't just these fossilized things but that they may have been a hope to hatch more if i if my understanding is correct and that's something that we saw with with the dragon trainer kind of family there, uh, we saw that they were very interested in all these things. And there, there was quite some drama as, as they were arrested and freed and actually had a anonymous source after the fact, uh, donate and actually post bail for them of 3000 gold. And we'll talk about that a little later, but there, there's this interesting dynamic of during Mythos with the dragons that I would love to see more and, and understand more of uh, that is just coming about. There is definitely a lot to talk about, and everything this season was super intricately connected. There was so much story, and and it's it is a little bit difficult. We're trying to give you uh, we're trying to give you the highlights, the cliff notes, the the main talking points because. Uh, we there's just so much to discover and and so much inter- interconnected things going on uh, that was really fun to to go about as a part of all of this there was actually uh, a letter a letter blockade that was going on people uh, the stoppage the stoppage the great stoppage of evermore um and and this was a guests and people sending letters out of outside of the park uh, we're getting return letters saying that the the return letters to those guests, to other characters, other people from Evermore, such people such as Jakul um, or Wen the Witch, 
were being blocked and stopped by someone calling themselves the one true government of Evermore. So essentially, it was like a uh, postal constipation. <laughs> and one of the... Dan, your way of words. <laughs> you are such a word... A, a wizard with thank those you. words. Thank yes. you. So I, I, I'm, I, I'm just wondering, will we, will we get that milk of magnesia? Will we get that, uh, that, that male laxative that will allow things to flow? I don't know. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll learn later on about the stuff that we talk about in this season. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> stay tuned for more on the postal constipation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting that we're talking about the one true government of Evermore because an important figure has come to town, Lady Grey, who we were originally assuming to be a sort of a sort of governing body. She is uh, an old family with lots of influence, lots of money, and we thought to ourselves like, "Ooh, an introduction of this character will probably introduce some kind of authority and the mayoral election will be nothing." And won't be a thing. But the introduction of her character actually opened up a ton about mayoral election and the one true government and even about Seftis himself. By being a member of the oldest family, one of the oldest families of Evermore, uh, there's a lot of family relationships that they that Margaret Gray, as she was named, uh, that her family has had in the past. For example, one of those being uh, the fa- she has a connection with the family of Seftis. Um, this this family that has always been the town's executioner family and and has always had that role and it was intriguing to to really learn of these past connections and these past storylines that we're only seeing the the end part right we we had to dig and understand the first part of them to really get why this was all important why margaret gray's appearance in town was significant at all and one of that one of those reasons was actually because her parents hadn't been seen in quite some time even by her she hadn't had a connection to them she has hadn't spoken them in in quite some time so it was very interesting to see her return to the the land of her youth her home of her home and see that they were missing and had only left a box with a ring inside and some kind of very intriguing mysteries that were connected with that. So with, with, with all of this interconnectedness of these characters backstories, one of the like revelations that was interesting to learn was through a confrontation between Seftis and Lady Grey uh, was that uh, Seftis killed margaret gray's parents some pretty big stuff he's he's immediately arrested on order of lady gray ozymandias uh takes him away everyone's freaking out what's going on why'd he kill her parents what's gonna happen to my favorite character in this entire park oh please let my good boy go free See, I don't know. I'm not super convinced that Seftis may have done it. Actually, okay, yeah, I am. Because when he was accused and they arrested him, he he yelled at Margaret Gray and he's like and he said, "Now we're even. Now we're even." So I so that's that's scary. Did 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 Lady Gray murder Seftis's parents? 
or a sister? Methinks we have a conspiracy. Conspiracy? But uh, all you Septus lovers, especially you, Dan, can cease to worry because <gasps> Septus escapes prison. How? How does that happen? Uh, rumor has it that Ozymandias let him go and let him sneak into the night, uh, along with some World Walker's help. I think that it was very specific in regards to why Ozymandias let Septus go is because he also received a letter from the one true government. Ozymandias does not like the one true government, at least from the interactions I've had with him. Anytime he gets a letter from them, it is, is further infuriates him, further angers him in regards to them telling him to do things. And he just constantly says, I didn't know I worked for the one true government. I work for the actual government, Scotland Yard. Uh, and so he kind of, I think, to throw it in their face, he he lets Seftis escape. He loosens the shackles. Right. And I actually had him verbally confirm that he purposefully did this. And it was all in order to draw out the one true government of Evermore. This, this whole time, they've just been a faceless government or faceless entity. And no one has known who they are. This this ploy by Ozymandias, this plan was to let to let Cephas go, and to reveal who it was that was calling themselves the one true government. Um, meanwhile, while we are having this kind of uh, one true government stoppage of the post and messing with the laws and Ozymandias, we also have another threat that exists in the form of Dimitri. Dimitri's back, right? But he's not necessarily back in the traditional sense where he is uh, messing with Jardani and they are the one and they are in the one and same body. But there are parts of Dimitri that are scattered throughout the the park and throughout the characters, um, similar to I guess what you could say is Harry Potter Horcruxes. There are slivers of Dimitri in people. But what happened is that um, the, in similar fashion to exercising Dimitri out of Jardani. Yeah, exercising Dimitri out of Jardani, these same exorcisms needed to happen for multiple characters. And we came to find out those characters and and it actually answered a lot of questions for us for why these people are acting so strangely and what they're doing so strangely. There was there was quite a few people acting strangely, but the first one that really got us onto this fact where we learned that uh, Dimitri was in multiple people was we discovered that Rooster was housing a piece of Dimitri. I actually discovered this um, a bit before uh, Rooster got exercised uh, because I was sending out vampiric letters to a lot of people in the park. I was attempting to cast a wide net to draw out Dimitri to see if he was still around because we had kind of gotten hints that, you know, or just the feeling that Dimitri wasn't gone. Uh, and and it became really interesting when uh, when Kaderin and Jardani figured out where a piece of Dimitri was and they had to come and confront Rooster. And when they confronted Rooster, they actually managed to bring Dimitri out and Dimitri started to speak to them and 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 taunt them. And this actually introduced what we have now come to realize is another branch of magic within Evermore. They are creating and, and establishing that there is magic, but there is also an older magic that those who have been around since that time are able to 
to practice that older magic. And only the older magic is able to cast out Dimitri and really set things in the right order. And and that's really important to know because this old magic comes with a great cost. And they can never particularly determine what it could be, but it, it's highly highly risky to use old magic because if Dimitri hadn't been inside of Rooster, it would absolutely destroy his mind. And it's actually kind of similar to an event that we discovered is what happened to Drock. Uh, we discovered talking to Jardani and Kaderin that Drock used to be one of the most well-spoken uh, of all peoples uh, anywhere and, and very eloquent in speech, uh, but kind of had, had his mind shattered because of use of old magic. And it, it, it reflects in the way that he uh, will just kind of ramble on about how much he loves Chick-fil-A. Yeah. You get yeah. him started on that, he will not stop. It's, it's one of his favorite s- subjects to discuss, and it's one of those things where it's like, wow, this man is mad. It's, it's Chick-a-fil-A. It's Chick-a-fil-A. I mean, but it's, Chick- it's Chick-fil-A. Who isn't mad for Chick-fil-A? Who isn't mad for Chick-fil-A? I wonder if there's Chick-fil-A magic, and that's what Drock is like <laughs> trying to trying to teach us, but you can't use it on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> so so I actually what happens is that Kadarin is trying to restore Drock's mind, trying to get him back to that well-spoken state. And I, I wasn't there, so maybe you guys can enlighten me, but there was some sort of backfire or, or something like strange happened. So this becomes really interesting because these all these things that kind of lead up after after this that we're going to be talking about kind of happen simultaneously. So we're going to try and put them in the order that makes the most sense for you, but uh, or makes the most sense for us to explain to you. Uh, so Dimitri was exercised out of Rooster, but we learned in this moment uh, that he wasn't just in Rooster. Uh, Dimitri talks about how he is in more than just that, that there was actually five pieces of Dimitri still out there. And then now that, or, and now that rooster was taken away, that there was four pieces of Dimitri still hiding, still hiding out there. Uh, and we just didn't know quite where, but as, as a part of this, as a part of trying to do this, they were like, Hey, we need Drox's help. Because Dimitri is a very powerful threat. Let's try and restore his mind. And, and we were, I was there, and and Kaderin goes, and Jardani goes, and and they get Drock on the stairs, and they try to use this magic on Drock. And Drock even becomes uh, his whole voice, his whole demeanor changes. He stood up straighter. He spoke more naturally. And and, and this is where we actually kind of learned that. Kaderin, Jardani, Drock, and some others are who actually closed the portals in the first place. And they said, hey, we need your help to stop Dimitri and to help undo what has been done. These portals have been opened and as such, danger is coming back into Evermore and into all of these worlds. Um, And that lore may be coming back around and opening again to infect everyone. So, But as a part of this, they're trying to to do this, Kaderin is attacked. There is magic used upon Kaderin, and he just screams and collapses onto the ground and is yelling in horror and convulsing as as Faldo and Jardani are now trying to help him out because something has gone horribly awry. And and this is felt throughout the whole park as we come to realize that all of the fairies were affected. 
magic seemed to be draining out of them to where we weren't quite sure. And Kadarin ends up being weak and and it's not quite certain what was used. Was it, was it blood magic? Is is the lore infection still coming back? Was it just hibernating within Kadarin? And is he now suddenly going to turn into the faking once again? The faking or craking? Hey, he gone cray cray. He the cray king. He he was the bay king. Now he's gonna be the cray king, and then he'll turn into the faking. And then, as he gathers a band of misfits, he'll be the stray king. Okay, damn. Hey, you guys I, saw. I it. <laughs> you guys saw the post. You know how how wild we were with the rhyme game. So, well, I think we can just end I it came right up there. With ten names. No, we <laughs> are. We're gonna cut that off right now. If he had horses, he'd be the hay king. I mean, if he's killing people, he's the sleigh king. Mm-hmm. Are he Santa? Yeah, someone did bring that up on as well on the Facebook. But but we're gonna move on. <laughs> if he was convulsing, he'd be the shaking. Okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so the spell backfires. Kadarin is afflicted and starts to turn in more and more into the faking. And because of this backfire, Jardani is affected as well and is now once again become a receptacle for Dimitri's spirit. And uh, amongst all of this going on, Kadarin is is slowly degenerating. He He's starting to grow horns. He's getting veins on him. He's getting fungus and not feeling well in the, in the subsequent days following. Um, and as well, we are on the mad search, the maddening search to discover who Dimitri is inside of. And we come to learn that one of these people is Cleo. Yeah, that was fun to find out. That was really fun. I, I got to like meet up with her and talk with her. And I was like, hey, what's up? And I always give her a half bag of gold because she just sings so well. She just deserves it. Every you time. have that much gold? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I just work it so that one girl can have a good day. So I'm poor in the park and in real life. That's cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and so... When I was asking her like how she was doing, she she was giving me symptoms of Giordani sickness or Dimitri sickness. Golly, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess that up all day. <laughs> it's okay. But uh, to find out that she was afflicted, and then to find out that she was being possessed by a piece of Dimitri, and then to get her exercise out of her made me feel very connected as a World Walker, and it was a very very cool experience. Right, like you mentioned the the sickness that these people are experiencing. Those that we were suspecting as having this piece of his soul or, or personality or whatever you want to call it in them had crazy dreams. They had often had headaches. They would have moments of time that they were not aware of that were just missing and they could not figure out what was going on. And that was something cool that you had to dig for to see if these people were actually just they themselves were tired for the day or were they actually did they actually house this portion of dimitri so i mean when when you're at home and if you're ever feeling a little lethargic or you've had some weird dreams just ask yourself the question are you harboring a piece of a uh ancient vampire uh, life stealer so i mean that's that is something that can make you feel a little bit better if you're feeling down it's not your fault. It's Dimitri. 
It's always Dimitri. It's always Dimitri. I'm Dimitri. Um, but this this becomes a little bit of a different interaction because the first time that they exercised uh, Dimitri from Giardani, they had a large amount of people. They had Jasper, they had Kaderin, and they kind of were able to gather enough power to exercise Dimitri from Giardani. And then during Rooster, they had Giardani and Kaderin again, and, and they were able to do that. But now... Now that Kaderin has been affected and lost so much power, it, it became a bit more dangerous. Jardani and Jasper tried to remove Dimitri from inside of Cleo. And the way that he does this is that he has to temporarily hold Dimitri with inside of his body again. Jardani does. Uh, and this was very dangerous because Cleo or Dimitri suspected it. And so when Jardani came to do this, they she, uh, Dimitri started doing a counter curse of sorts to take more control over Giardani. Um, and, and it was rather intense. It was really, really scary. And, and it so much so that at the results of this, Dimitri decide, decided to be, uh, decided to take some, some walking around time in his original body inside of the Giardani Dimitri body. And that was rather frightening. We didn't know if, we didn't know if he was going to come back, if Giardani was going to come back. So this is when we start learning about some of the motivations of why Dimitri is even here in the first place. Why is he such such an angry boy? Uh, a very angry boy. That in and of itself was so intriguing to learn is why Dimitri was this threat in the first place. Yes, he, he had his body stolen from him by Dimitri. He had his body stolen from him by Giardani, but was that the only reason? And it comes, we come to find out that no, that's not the only reason why he wants domination. It it appears that there is, he has lived for hundreds of years, Dimitri has, and Giardani. Um, but at one point, Dimitri fell in love with a woman named Soriana. And this woman, uh, back in the the Dark Ages, back during the Inquisition, was actually a witch. And she had been burned at the stake by this ancient order called the Pureborns. Which are part of another order, which is called the Children of the Rising Sun. Or the Children of the Chalice, or the Children of the Dawn Chalice, or uh, a lot of different things. And actually have connections to present day organizations such as the black hearts and also the order of saint michael and the freemasons and well (laughs) (laughs) might as well be right everyone's got their hands in something giardani said quite literally that these were all organizations during the same time so very much so right that uh this organization was around to hunt the the evil things of the earth, all of the legends and folklore that all comes from truth that there are these evil things that, that this order wanted to eradicate and very much. So that is something that they did with Dimitri's love, Soriana. They burned her at the stake and really caused him so much pain and hatred that he is now trying to get back at those who were there, Dardani and a couple others. 
we we don't really know who for certain. We the only person that I know that's confirmed is that Giardani was there because yeah. this is the time in which Giardani took over Dimitri's body. Yeah, you're right. Um, but he is there trying to get revenge for the love that he lost and take control of Evermore to get back at, at that organization that is still very much around. And potentially find some magics to even bring her back. Ooh. So I can kind of in a way sympathize with Dimitri. I can I can get behind that. Yeah, you kill someone I love. I'm I'm gonna come for you. I'm gonna try and do anything I can to bring him back. Um and and it just became more intensified as as this was all going on, as we kept trying to figure out who who is Dimitri inside of, and we actually come to learn that Dimitri is inside of Maxwell, which is very, <gasps> very concerning because Maxwell was doing really good in the mayoral election. So potentially Dimitri could have become mayor and that would have been uh, very dangerous. Right. Going back to the point of the wolf in sheep's clothing, not knowing who to trust, was this the wolf in sheep's clothing? We still don't know. This was a one iteration of it. This was one wolf in sheep's clothing, but wolves travel in packs. What are there more? Are there more threats to Evermore other than just Dimitri? And and obviously we know that because the one true government is now seizing, trying to seize control. We had someone else with the barn fire. These are all there. There are multiple people that are attacking Evermore and really threatening the livelihood of these people and also the this way station of i mean evermore is so important because it's a way station for other portals to get into other worlds he who she he or she who controls evermore controls the portals into other worlds and so it's very interesting uh, to see all these threats come about so following the pattern of these exorcisms that have been taking place uh, Giardani invites... Who had gotten his body back. Giardani, ha- Giardani has, has his body back. Thank you, Faldo. Thanks, Faldo. Um, he invites Maxwell to come with him up to the mausoleum and uh, invites a number of world walkers as well to come with him uh, to be a part of this exorcism because he needs extra help. He needs extra hands. Uh, and so this exorcism begins to take place a ritual sort of ritualistic chanting starts to take place. Uh, Slowly, there's like a shift in Maxwell. Then immediately, boom, he starts screaming as this is an immensely painful part, is this splinter of Dimitri that's inside of him is being slowly pulled out. Uh, Just, I I envision it just being this thorny Barbie soul. Uh, Ugh. I don't like it. I don't like Dimitri inside of Maxwell. But somebody did want it in Maxwell. Who is it? It's Ozymandias. He he comes in, starts prying Giardani off of Maxwell. What are you doing to him? What are you doing to him? And it's everyone's like, what in the heck is going on? Giardani turns, places his hand on Ozzy's face, boom, and says, I know you're in there too. And the chanting begins, Ozzy and Maxwell... Both are screaming down on their knees, and then boom, silence. They all collapse. Maxwell slowly gets up, is escorted out by some of the actors. Ozzy rises up, starts walking off. I've been so foolish. I've been so wrong. I can see it now. I can see it now. It's, it's, it's as clear as day to me. 
I can see magic. <gasps> and the last person to rise smiles, laughs. Hello there, friends. It is Dimitri. Oh my goodness, Dimitri is back and he's in power. Uh, and it was it was something that I, I don't really think ever wore off from that point on. So it's it's kind of a what what is the fate of Dimitri and Giardani going to be? It's one of the uh, threads left untied. Uh, in the mythos story thus and, far. And perhaps one of the ones that'll carry over into lore. And it's, I certainly hope it is. It's yeah. something that I, I I want to see resolved a whole, whole lot. And while this is all going on, we we begin to discover the ends of the crimes that happened uh, to Violet Atkinson's barn and to uh, Professor Beaumont's home being burgled. And uh, we... We, we learn we kind of come to learn some of the conclusions of this and isn't that interesting because this this veil that had been on Ozymandias's mind this whole time that that's the reason why he wasn't able to see magic or, or recognize it as a real threat or a real thing at all and now it is off and suddenly he what an amazing thing the fi- finale day this is kind of where we are where we're going to learn all these amazing things but he himself looked so disheveled and so crazy and it to use that i mean looking so crazy and with his mind being opened he now spent all night literally awake and dissecting all of these crimes with the idea that magic is real and that could have played a part into this whole thing. And so part of what really instigates the finality of discovering this is that the ogres... Mudmites! 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 The ogres actually found a chest of mind control potions in the forest. We know that these were mind control potions because they were supposed to go to Rooster, uh, but they never arrived, and he confirmed this. And then they were able to test it and determine that they were indeed, in fact, genuine mind control potions. There was four of them. And it's important to note that Rooster, when ordering these potions, did not believe that they were truly mind control potions. Um, as 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 you come to find out, Rooster doesn't believe in a lot of the things that he sells. He he tends to believe that it's just water. A lot of the things that he has is just water. So when he bought these quote unquote mind control potions, he thought they were innocent. He thought they were uh, fantastical and thought he could get. Qu- good coin off of them not realizing that they were truly potent and that in fact they had been used on some of the residents in the park you know there there are a lot of uh, and uh, just thinking outside of the park there are a lot of companies nowadays that are producing these uh fake mind control potions uh based with oils and the uh the essences of uh many uh m- many uh, like uh rosemary and lavender but but look at evermore it's (laughs) such great i mean such a great place to get your genuine mind control potions i would like to get myself one of those please Mm -hmm. i want one of those rings of accuracy there is a little a little star in asterisk asterisk i don't know how to pronounce that word now that i think about it um uh, that says you will get a bullseye 
eventually. <laughs> eventually, <laughs> when it happens, it's because of the ring. Yes, yeah, yes, totally, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 so we find out that there is a missing crate or missing bottles or vials of these mind control potions. Um, while concurrently we're finding that out from the ogres, the stage is being taken by all of our mayoral candidates. So it, we found Suds, we found Tip Top, and we found Sir Clary, and then we found Violet, all four mayoral candidates taking the stage to find out who won the mayor, mayor candidacy. And this whole time it was actually amazing because you, the world walker, could come in and figure out what all these people were wanting to do with the mayoral uh, seat and that power. And you could cast your vote and really make it your word count uh, by all you had to do is go and get this kind of scavenger hunt sheet from the mausoleum with Gudrun. And then you would just have to answer all these questions and then you would get a bead to cast your vote. And I thought that was amazing Mm -hmm. that, you were able to decide. And so that is what we came to the stage to, to learn is who the world walkers and the, the citizens of Evermore chose to be their mayor. Just like voting in real life. All it requires is checking a few boxes, perform your civic duty vote. Uh, the, the thing about checking the boxes is checking off those boxes with Gudrun. So I, I took my mm-hmm. family and we went to go vote. Yeah. And those boxes are difficult. And I'll tell you what, I I go to the park often, but I I didn't know some of those. Like those were, I had to go and find out. They were difficult. So if you were able to get all of them, you probably know them more than I do. But the, the beautiful thing was, is that they got all the candidates up there. They got Ozymandias up there and they got um, the Postmaster General, Sir Philip Humphrey. Philip Humphrey. Uh, the male, the myth, the legend, Sir Philip Humphrey, Postmaster General. Postmaster General. And they got up and they were going to announce the winner of the election and everyone kind of gave a nice little speech to begin with. I think Sud said like, Hey, may the best man win. Whoever wins is going to be the best forevermore. It was very cordial about it. I think some other characters said something else. I don't quite remember, but what I do remember is that autumn Ozymandias without pomp or flair just kind of announced it just cause that's, that's his style. I guess just like, Hey, um, guess what? The mayor is Violet Atkinson. And everyone was stoked because we all love Violet. Yeah, that do. was great. We do love Violet. Uh, so she got she got her necklace of Evermore coins denoting her mayorship, I guess. Um, yeah, Evermore shields. Yeah. And Evermore shields. And then she got up and I think she either said the speech or ha- was going to say the speech. But before or after her acceptance speech, uh, Sir Philip Humphrey came and delivered the letter right after she was accepted in and sworn in as mayor. And it was from the one true government of Evermore. And basically the gist of this letter just was like, hey, congratulations. It was very generic. It was to whomever it could have, whoever, whomever may have won. And it just said, hey, congratulations on your election. Be sure to not overstep your bounds. And so obviously, understandably, uh, Violet Atkinson tore the letter in half and uh, just gave it away, hucked it on the ground. Uh, and because, you know, she's not going to stand for that. She's very, she's strong. She knows what she wants. It's true. Like if stand up forevermore, if you haven't had the chance to speak with Violet uh, yet, she is probably one of the characters with the uh, most vibrant and just like 
loud, powerful personalities in the park. Like she, she won't typically come to you and be like, tell me everything about you. Uh, but once you, once you get to know her, it's like, wow, this is a force of personality here in the park. She's really fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I think great choice ultimately for mayor forevermore. I'm ha- hashtag uh, Violet's my mayor. She's my mayor. She's my mayor. She's my mayor. Just along with that, I mean, the the constant worry about the wolf in sheep's clothing, I think this ripping of the letter really tells us straight out, hey, I am here to, to govern in the best way that I know how and have people help me. And perhaps this is also a symbol that we chose correctly. So nicely done, everyone, that we did not elect someone that was a puppet of someone else, but rather uh, someone of on of honorable regard and a really good fit for the, the mayoral seat. Or was it a ruse and she's been duping us the whole time? Uh, who knows? We may find out come lore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. But as, as we got into this, the, the one true government again comes into play because we discover uh, finally who set the barn fire and why and who burgled um, Professor Beaumont's house. And this, these two people were Gudrun and Maxwell. So Gudrun actually set the barn on fire because she was under a mind control potion. And the fire was set to cover up some illicit activities, that being of a portal opening. Mm-hmm. We don't know to where. The fjords. We don't know for why. Probably not the fjords. The fjords, but it would make sense, right? It's pro- probably lore. Gudrid, Gudrid just wants to be able to get back home a little easier. She wants to get access to the fjords. <laughs> well, it, it, it was it was mind control, so probably not. But I mean, <laughs> we can hope. We can hope. Someone else is pulling the strings. They are just puppets and pawns in someone else's game. So Gudrun set the barn fire under the control of the the mind control potions. And then Maxwell uh, actually performed the the robbery of Professor Beaumont's home again under the control of the mind control potions. And was he also the ones do- that pulled off the smuggling job out of the barn? He did. He did. He, he yeah. did. So he was. So he was both the, the the smuggler and the thief. Yes. Okay. Yes. One uh, one of the smugglers. Yes. One but again, smugglers. under under the mind control potion, we and he and and if you ask both Gudrun. And Maxwell about the instance they they don't remember they they don't even know what they drank or ate that got them into that state they have no idea it's as if their body was no longer theirs nor was their mind fascinating fascinating but, this but, is a re- recurring thing Dimitri takes people's bodies I, 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 but it now can't be but, but, but oh, oh, oh I, I know I don't think I don't think it's Dimitri at all I'm just saying like this this there is a like mimicking like i wonder like the 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 way that the mind control potion works i wonder if it is a like minor form of what jardani is capable of doing completely inhabiting somebody but this is just like for for a moment i will gain access of this person which is the equally spooky in 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 my personal opinion but Kind but of interesting. It, but it is very interesting, especially in regards to Dimitri's storyline, because um, 
that's still not resolved after mythos closed yeah. it's not resolved dimitri doesn't have all of the pieces of his soul back together but he's he's powerful enough to still be walking around but as all this is going on we actually learn some other very interesting things as well we learn about kyra's true nature this whole time, Princess Kyra of the fairies, the, the eldest fairy, this whole time she had been experiencing these very strange dreams that actually were connected to Soriana, Dimitri's love. And so we were thinking, oh, maybe there's a part of of Dimitri stored in her. Um, however, that is not the case as her true nature is revealed to everyone, the other fairies, and, and everyone by Kaderin. Um, Kaderin, as this as he is very weakened, he's visibly on his last leg, his last, he's actually leaning against the staff, uh, Sloane's staff uh, that he gave him. Um, he reveals the nature that Kyra is actually not a fairy. She is Auroran, and one of the most powerful witches around, that her and her three sisters, also Auroran, were there at the same time that Kaderin and the others were closing the portals. These sisters helped in a pivotal and instrumental way that they actually had to be on the other side of the portal to close them. Is that correct? I, I, from my understanding, I believe that's correct, is that one of them had to stay on each side of the portal, and so Kyra stayed on the mythos side of the portal in order to close it. But as we know, this can only be done through old magic, and the cost of that old magic is that Kyra forgot who she truly was. Knowing that Kyra may be subjected to a life of, of pain or, or longing or loss of not being able to see her family again, Kaderin decided to lie to her and tell her that she was the princess of the fairies and that she was the oldest of the fairies. And that she was born of a, a peony, yeah, that's flower, it. Yeah. a peony flower, uh, where she actually had awoken right after the portal being closed. So she was supposedly born from the peonies and was a fairy because she had always loved the happy state and innocent state of those wonderful creatures and so she became a fairy akin to those that she loves kyra's demeanor was different in the park it was so interesting to see uh, when she was revealed as an auroran instead of a fairy she was noticeably angry hurt and betrayed and actually her makeup reflected that she had a much darker eyeshadow as well and she, and then and credit to the actress she just played it so so darn well and it was really really cool to see and that kind of anger and sense of betrayal actually led to not a confrontation but a a resolution with the fairies a sort of like coming together in time of hurt, in time of sadness, in time of impending doom come Lore and come Kadaren's turn, that they came together and they had a discussion and Kyra, feeling the love of the fairies and coming back and remembering the good times, actually bestowed her title of fairy princess and, and, and her crown to Imelda, uh, one of the fairies that we love and cherish, to Imelda to let her take the new title and take all of the fairies back to mythos where they're going to be safe away from Kaderan. 
and and that was that was uh, this is all kind of happening on at the same time. But the next day after Kadarin reveals Kyra's new nature, we actually kind of see what happens as we come to say farewell to all those leaving to the Mythos portal as it closes. We see Kadarin. We see him as Cray King. He comes up and his face is completely overtaken by nature, by branches and and fungus brambles. and brambles. Yeah, it's yeah. it's almost bone like. It's it's kind of dragged and jarring and a little spooky. It, it it looks as though his his head is something both living and dead, which is very unnerving. And, and this is also partially when we learn a little bit um, that Kadarin is actually half Lorian, and that is why he's affected so strongly by such things, and perhaps by the the oncoming opening of the portal. Right. So ha- half Mythosian, half Lorian. His father is actually was on the other side of the the lore portal, uh, also helping it close. So who knows what that means as far as his ancestry, that maybe, as Skylar said, maybe that's why he is affected differently than anyone, uh, affected differently by the this this darkness differently than everyone else. And it's just very interesting to see how family ties and the past is is coming about in this Mythosian story. We have the oldest families in, in Evermore. We have the one true government. We have all these families, histories coming together. And we've seen that this plays an active role in today's events. And speaking of family ties, I just want to let you, you guys know I'm going to need your help during lore because I'm also half Lorian. My mom's name is Lori. <laughs> so I mean, tech. I mean, technically, I'm like I'm like fifty percent Lorian. There you go. Um, this this opens up. I mean, that's that's Mythos season. We kind of told you all about it, but it opens up a lot of interesting f- plot lines into lore. Like yeah. who who is the sister of Kyra that stayed in lore? Oh, oh one thing that I think is going to be very interesting is. This is my theory that I just came up with right now. This You're is hearing my, it live. This folks. is my guess. My guess is that Kyra is the daughter of Soriana, or somehow related to oh. her. Right. I can see that now, being interesting. Like, why? Why was Soriana such a powerful witch? My guess. She was not from this world, and so I mean, she was also a vampire. Am I wrong? You are wrong. Actually, she had connections to the vampires and actually helped Dimitri learn how to manipulate and feed off of energy and not blood. So she's not vampire, but she does have connections there. So that that is very interesting, but that's, that's going to be my guess. I think that'd be interesting. Her having visions of this Soriana would be like, Ooh, is she now like a vestige of her mother? Like what's, is this why Dimitri is kind of drawn to her it would be an interesting thing i think for like to see that play out and to see if kyra chooses to accept the fate of her mother and join up with dimitri or will she take on a new path i don't know but kyra it'll she'll be fun to watch during lore yeah very fun and that all is speculation by dan Total of course speculation uh, that last part be so wrong. It'll be interesting to see, though. Definitely, it'll be it'll be interesting to see the faking come back in full form, right? 
to see what his new goals are going to be, if he has any, to see what he remembers, what he doesn't. I'm really excited for Dimitri to come back. And and I don't know. There was just a lot of a lot of stuff left unanswered. And I'm really excited. I think Evermore is going into more of that long game storytelling of, of telling a grander story between three seasons. And, and we just get to come around and wait and experience that. Uh, I would like to mention as we, we come out of this that this was all a lot of uh, like just what we discovered. We may not have it 100% accurate. Uh, we may not have discovered everything and uh, we may not have shared everything because we just didn't know quite where it fits into the puzzle. And so we tried to create as cohesive whole of a story as we could give to you and as the Mythos portal closed. And we are indeed sad to see all of our friends from mythos go but they said their goodbyes and at this point we will say our goodbyes to you we are so thankful for everything you do for us that you listen and for the love and feedback that you give us we want to keep making our podcast better and so please send us in feedback uh, you can email us at worldtalkers.podcast at gmail.com uh, we also hope that you will follow the park at evermore.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram under the same handle so that you can buy your tickets for lore and come and get invested in the story. Follow us at World Talkers uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Call us at 801-332-9321 and uh, leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, email us at worldtalkers.podcast at gmail.com and please, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, that way we can reach more people and tell them about this wonderful park that we love so much. Uh, we do have an Evermore experience. Who would like to share that today? Um, I, I, I'll do that. Sweet. Awesome. So this comes from a world walker by the name of, he chose to go by the name of Ingonyama Efile. Um, but his friends call him Ingo. And this is what he has to say. Um, I have been a professional immersive theater and improv actor for 24 years. I'm a stage director, magician, puppeteer, and a self-admitted bad juggler. I've done voiceover work and narrated audiobooks. I've been in stage productions and haunt shows, renaissance fairs, and even a couple of small movies. I say that I say all of this not as a boast, but so you may understand my surprise and delight when I was completely blown away by the quality and skill displayed by the Evermore actors. In nearly a quarter of a century of working in live entertainment, I can state hands down that I have never seen better. The entire weekend when my friends and I weren't in Evermore, we were talking about Evermore, drawing portraits of the characters, solving ciphers, and translating strange languages, making fun little props and baubles to present to the citizens and tokens of appreciation. We had so much fun. We, did, we didn't even know what to do with ourselves, and we have already made plans to return for lore. We truly had the best weekend ever, and it wouldn't have happened, or at least not nearly so soon, if it weren't for you and your podcast inspiring us to throw caution to the wind and make it happen thank you from the bottom of my shriveled gray heart and keep up the great work spreading the word ingonyama ifale thank you ingonyama i'm i'm slaughter that thank you so much i hope we can be called friends so i will say thank you so much ingo yes we do really appreciate it we're so excited that you got so much out of evermore and that you and your friends had such a great time uh, we love that Evermore is a place where anyone from all like walks of life can come together and experience the magic that is Evermore. And we hope to see you soon as the lore portal opens up and we go Beyond the Portal. Beyond the Portal.